Amen. Well, I'm going to begin the year right by telling a story Brother Christman told me. So there you go. I can't lose now. <laughs> there was a, a, a mother and a daughter who went to church one Sunday morning. And they brought, uh, they went and uh, she brought her daughter and they sat down. And the pastor there was one of those hellfire preachers. How many have ever heard a preacher that's kind of a hellfire uh, yeah, that'll move you all right. So this preacher uh, decided to uh, move away from the pulpit, and he had one of those mics with, with the cords. And he started preaching, and he was going. I mean, he was really hellfire. He was, you know, foaming at the mouth. Well, maybe not foaming at the mouth, but, but he, was, he was really preaching. And he got going so much that he tangled himself up in the cord. I mean, he was really preaching. He had that cord all wrapped around him. And it was at that point that the daughter, just stunned by what she's seeing, looked at the mom and said, Mom, if he gets unloose, will he hurt us? Well, here's the thing. I'm unloose now. But I promise I won't hurt you, at least not much. I'll put it that way, all right? Yeah, I'm going to try to grow a little bit myself this year, and so we're going to try to do this thing more often. I think it, I feel a little more comfortable. I'm not so tied down to the pulpit. So we'll see, all right? It's a fresh start for me too, right? So we'll, we'll see where we, where we go. You know, I, in your notes, I put a quote from uh, Oprah, and I actually like this quote, uh, I'm not saddened that she's going off the air. Uh, I'm not a fan of Oprah, as many of you know. But I will say that her comment here was really good. Cheers to a new year and another chance for us to get it right. You know, and I, and I like that comment because, you know, when the new year comes, it is a time for us to kind of reflect upon last year and those areas that we did great and maybe those areas that we need to grow in and change. And I like taking time during this, you know, last week to reflect upon uh, my life in the last year. And certainly there are some areas that, that I know that I need to grow in. And that's my desire this year is to, to grow in those areas to maybe look, go into this new year with a fresh start in those areas that I know, you know, need some improvement. Those areas that I know, you know, just aren't quite where they should be. You know, and that's, that's what a, a good thing about this year. It gives us time to reflect, and it's a challenge, and maybe even a motivation to grow. You know, I'm not about resolutions so much. Uh, I think I read a stat this week that 95% of people who make resolutions, 95% of those resolutions never get lived out. And so I'm not really a big fan of that, to be honest with you. I, I've tried it, and I must confess that 100% of mine don't usually pan out, right? But, you know, in my heart, there is certain desires that I would like to see in my, in my life changed or growth. And I think that this year it gives us just a little unction, a little energy to begin that year, 
Because I know that I am not perfect. Sandra will testify to that fact. And I know there are areas that I need to grow in. But you know what? It's true for you too, right? You know, the Apostle Paul, even he said, you know, I haven't reached it yet. I haven't attained it yet. The Apostle Paul, I mean, that guy was amazing. But yet, he said, I'm not perfect. I haven't attained it, and I've got to grow. And so we can echo those same exact words. Now, what I find amazing about the Apostle Paul when he wrote those words, it wasn't like he was sitting in some cottage next to the lake. He was writing these words in a prison cell. He writes this letter of joy to the church at Philippi. I mean, this letter is just overwhelmingly about joy. And it's about, he's thanking them for his gift. And, and, and in the midst of all this, he's saying, look, I haven't attained it, but I'm striving to do it. I mean, he wasn't like down in the dumps about his circumstances. He said, look, I'm pressing on what God has called me to do. So I invite you to open your Bibles this morning to Philippians chapter 3. And I want us to look at these words from the Apostle Paul. And I want us to, to notice uh, his passion about following the Lord. And I hope through these words that we can take these words and encourage us to have a fresh start in our new year. Now, I want to just kind of set the setting a little bit. I already mentioned that Paul was in prison, and he's writing this beautiful letter to the church of Philippi. And one of the things he did do was warn them about Judaizers. The Judaizers were those who felt that they had to keep the law. And so what they were saying was, hey, you keep the law and you'll be perfect. Everything's good. And Paul says, no. And, he, and right before these words that we're going to look at this morning, right before that, he says, listen, I've lost all these things for Jesus Christ. Those things that I once thought were important are not important because I came to know Jesus Christ. And all those things that I was banking on in the flesh, the doing good, the religious works, meant nothing outside of me coming to faith in Jesus Christ. And so he says, I put all this stuff aside. But just in case his readers thought, well, okay, Paul must be perfect. Paul emphatically says, yeah, I've come to Christ. Yeah, I've experienced God's grace. I'm a child of his, but guess what? I am not perfect. Thirty years after coming to Christ, when Paul's penning this letter, and he still says, I'm not perfect. Well, you know what? I read those words, and I find a little bit of hope because I feel like him. I definitely know I'm not perfect. And his words kind of encourage me to, hey, that's true, so let me not give up. Let me have a fresh start and pursue Christ. So if you have your Bibles, Philippians chapter 3, we're going to start at verse 12. And we're going to talk about beginning the year with a fresh start. And the first thing I want us to notice is three reasons for a fresh start. And we see this in verse 12. 
Paul writes in Philippians 3, verse 12, Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Now, I was thinking about this verse, and I noticed three really good, compelling reasons for us to begin this year with a fresh start. The first one is this. Number one, God has called you. Now, let that sink in. If you are a child of God, God has called you to fellowship with him. What a wonderful, wonderful thought that the God of this universe desires to have a relationship with you. And he has called you to be his child. Now this morning, if you're here and you don't know Christ, I want you to know that he is calling you to be his child. God has called you. Will you respond? He wants to have a fellowship with you. He sent his son to go to a cross so that he can have a fellowship and relationship with you. So that your sins can be forgiven and you can stand right before him. But God has called each one of us who know Jesus Christ. I like the way Paul writes it. He says, I always give thanks. He wrote this to the Corinthian church. He said, I always always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in him you have been enriched in every way. Isn't that true with us? We have been enriched in every way because God has called us to salvation. Listen, life is better for us who know Christ. Amen? I don't know anybody who's been following the Lord that say, you know what, I wish I was like before I was saved. Listen, we've been enriched in every way. Paul goes on with all kinds of speech and with all knowledge. God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will also keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. And notice, God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Listen, if God has called you and you have come to him in saving faith, it is God who's faithful who's going to present you, what? Per blameless when our Lord comes. Now, does that mean I'm sinless? Absolutely not. That's why I'm trying to live like our Lord. But listen, my salvation is secure. God is faithful to save me. He has called me to his wonderful grace, called me out of darkness into light. What a wonderful thing. And we need to think deeply on that because that is what defines us. Listen, it doesn't, it, it, what defines you is not what you do for the Lord. What defines you is who you are in the Lord. You're a child of God. You are a child of his. And rejoice in that. So I see the fact that one of the reasons why I want to have a fresh start in living my life for God's glory is because God has called me. But isn't it just that he called me? He's called me, but he's also called me to a purpose. Notice the way 
Paul writes. And I really love this verse. There was a couple things that just latched on me. Verse 12, he says that, that Christ, number one, has taken hold of me. That's that whole calling. Think of that, that Christ has taken hold of you. God has taken hold of you. But he didn't, he's taken hold of you for what? For a purpose. And Paul says that I press on to take hold for which Christ took hold of me. For that purpose, Christ has called me. Well, what is that purpose? What has God called you to do? Well, Romans 8, 28 tells us exactly what God has called us to do. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to what? To be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Here's what God's called you to do. God has called you to be like his son, to live like Christ. That is what he has called you to do, to be like him. Now, I want you to think about this. In my daily life, I am a husband, a father, a Christian, a pastor, I'm a student. I'm a citizen, I'm a neighbor, I'm a softball player, I would say I'm a golfer, but really I'm a hacker, right? I mean, those are all the different roles that I, I am, but in every one of those roles, there should be an utmost focus, an utmost desire in my life, and that is to be like Jesus Christ. Because that is what I've been called to be, is to be like his son. So then in every area in my life, Jesus Christ should be seen. That I respond to him, or respond to life like Jesus would. That's what God has called us to be. And when we do that, you know what? We will find a great joy and peace. And we will also point people to Christ, and it will be ultimately for God's glory. You see, God has called us to do this. Now, here's our problem sometimes, and I'll just kind of speak to us. Sometimes we put the cart before the horse. We are so concerned about doing that we forget about being. We are so worried, and we, we find our identity in what we do instead of who we are. We are a child of God. What we do flows from the way God has created us. But the, our identity comes in the fact that Jesus loved me and sent his son, or God loved me, sent his son to die for me. That's where I find my identity. It's in that fact. Who am I? I'm a child of God. What I do results from the way God has wired me. And hopefully when I live out my purpose and calling, I do what God has wired me to do. But we always go reverse. You know, we find our identity in what we do instead of who we are. And we always run into problems when we do that. 
and I mean, we run constantly. If something happens where I can't do what I think I should be doing, then guess what? My world falls apart. Okay. Because I'm finding my identity in what I do when I should be finding my identity in who I am in Jesus Christ. And this happens all the time. It's a real trap that even as Christians, we fall into all the time. God is concerned about who you are, your being. We're to be like Christ. We get that right, everything else will flow right. But that's what we need to focus on, who we are. We're a child of God. And so I find this is a compelling thing. God has called me to a purpose, that purpose is to be like his son. Well, one other thing here. Notice, God has called you, he's called you to a purpose, and we should have a desire to live out the purpose of that call. I want you to think about the time that you first came to Christ as your Savior. Think of that. What was going on in your heart? I mean, if you were like me, you couldn't get enough of God at that time. I mean, I wanted to know more and more and more about the Lord. I was excited. I was on fire, as we say sometimes, right? There was a passion to know him. And if you read these verses, Paul's ultimate passion was to know Christ. That should be our passion. There should be a desire within us to know our Lord. Peter writes it like this in 1 Peter he says, like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Now, I think we all have had babies around the house, and you know what happens when they get hungry. Oh, boy, do they cry and they crave and they want that food, that milk. That is the way we should have in knowing our Lord. And Peter's saying that we ought to have that desire. Why? So that we may grow up in our salvation. You see, we grow in the way we live by growing in our knowledge of who the Lord is. We grow up. There should be this desire within us to know our Lord greater. And to live for him in a greater way. See, I see those as three really good reasons why we need to take a look and say, okay, God, you know what? I want to give this year even more to you. I want to grow. You see, that's what we're talking about here. It's about growing. Change is growing. I want to grow. I want to be more like my Lord so that I can do more for him. And his glory will be seen even greater in my life. That's the fresh start that we're talking about here. And that should affect every relationship I have. Well, let's move on. Three ways, then, Paul tells us to have a fresh start. Let's pick up on these verses. Let's read verses 13 and 14. Paul brings out three points. He says, brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. 
Well, I noticed three ways here for us, three thoughts of beginning this new year to have a fresh start. The first one is this. Acknowledge our need to grow. Acknowledge our need to grow. Notice, Paul again says, Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. Another time, Paul is emphatic. Guys, I'm not perfect. He's emphatic. I got an email the other day. This is kind of off my notes. So, of course, I have no notes. So it's really off my notes now. (laughs) I got an email the other day about a person saying, in essence, that to be a child of God means you don't sin. Flat out. Nice long email laying out these verses saying, you know, why does the Bible say don't sin if, you know, you're a child of God? And his, his argument was that if you're a, a child of God, you will not sin. And I was talking with Brother Reuben about this email. And, uh, of course, I didn't respond to it because it's pointless to respond to, to the, the way it was laid out. But the fact of the matter is Paul's saying, look, I'm not perfect. If I could be perfect and it was in my effort, then that means salvation is of my works, not of God's grace. Paul here is saying, look, I'm not perfect. You know, the area that we have to start with is realizing this, that we all need to grow. If you don't think you need to grow, then guess what? You're not going to have a fresh start. We all need to grow. There is nobody in this building that says they've got it down packed. Nobody. We all need to grow. I don't care how many years you've been in the Lord, you need to grow. You need to grow until you're with the Lord. Because the only time that we are going to be perfect is when I get my resurrected body and I'm with my Lord. Until then, we need to keep growing. And we need to have a passion for God. And we need to look at our lives and do like the psalmist and assess it and say, okay, God, search me and try me and show me those ways that I need to grow. All of us need a fresh start. All of us need to grow. All of us. And it begins there. It begins by me acknowledging, God, I know there's sin in my life. Help me rid it. Now, maybe you're here this morning and you don't know Christ as your Savior. It begins right there, too, for you. The first thing you need to acknowledge is the fact that I'm a sinner and I need God. All of us in this room who know Christ had to come to that place first before we were ever a child of God. I need you, God. So the first thing we see is Paul, it shows us, we have to acknowledge our need to grow. The second thing is develop a concentrated focus. Again, Christian life isn't this haphazard osmosis, okay, God, uh, help me grow and sit on the pew and do nothing. Paul says that I strive. There is an effort involved in this. What is that effort? Well, Paul says a couple things. Number one, he says, forgetting that what is behind. Forgetting the past. You know, so many times it's the past that gets hung up in why we don't move forward. It's so true. 
And we see it in churches all the time. We can't get past the bitterness and the anger. Or we can't get past the areas where we've sinned. We can. It's called forgiveness of others. And it's called realizing that God can forgive us. And we can move forward. Paul, it's not like Paul was saying, well, don't remember the past. He just laid out his past in these chapters. What he's saying is don't let the past now be the hindrance to you moving forward in the future. See, that's a beautiful thing about coming to Christ. It is a fresh start. All things are new. We are a new creation when we came to Jesus Christ in saving faith. And even as Christians, God's mercies are new every day. We can go to him and say, you know what, God, listen, last year I struggled with this. Help me to not and move forward. But so many times we get hung up on the past. We just can't move forward because we're just dealing with those things in the past that we need to just let go. Give to God and let go. You know, whatever that is, that's forgiving a brother or sister. Or if that's saying, okay, God, you know what? This is what I did. Forgive me and move on. Don't let the past hang you up from serving out the present. The second thing we see, though, is not only did he, he uh, forget the past, but he strained to what was ahead. He pushed forward. In other words, he had a focus. This is what I want to do. This is what I want to be. I want to be like Christ. I want to live out his purpose. You know, that takes some effort on our end. You know, it just doesn't happen haphazardly. Look, you go to school. I go to school. Let me tell you, if I want to know the subject, what do I got to do? I got to do the work. I got to do the work. And, and I find that it's one thing for me just to listen, but it's another thing when I put my effort into it and really study. We need to do that as Christians. I mean, it takes a little bit of work. It takes some effort on our end to get in the Scripture and to know Christ. And why do I do that? Not so I just have head knowledge, but so that I can see how I should be, how my attitude, my actions should be. So we encourage you, and I encourage you to get in the Word. Take some time. What does it take? Well, prayer takes Bible study. Let me give you another example. Find a good spiritual mentor or someone who will hold you accountable. I mean, if you're really serious about this, find someone to hold you accountable. Someone that you answer up to. I mentioned this last, last year, that one of the nice things going to school, they make me have a mentor. And that's a great thing. Um, because over the past, and I'll just share this with you, over the past uh, six months when things happen in that I, as a pastor, a young pastor, need some counsel in. I have a pastor friend who I call, I'm my mentor. And I share with him, and he gives me insight. But not only that, there was one class where I had to set goals. And I knew that in the end of my semester, guess what? 
I had to review those goals, whether I did or didn't. So I actually wrote some goals out, gave it to Brother Reuben. And in essence, knowing that I was going to have to answer up to Brother Reuben about whether I accomplished these goals or not was a great way to keep me accountable. And so at the end, I said, yeah, I did this. Well, I didn't quite do this all the way I wanted to. And, and it was a great way for me to stay focused and on track of what I needed to do. And I'll be honest with you. Here's a little confession of the soul for me. You think that as pastors, you think that it's real easy for us to always have prayer time and Bible time on our own. I want to tell you, the easiest thing in my life to get pushed out is my private time with the Lord in Bible study. That's true for pastors, too. I mean, there's so many things going around in the church. Yeah, I'm studying for sermons and lessons all the time, but, you know, I need that private time with God, too, and it's so easy for me to shove that out. So you know what my goal was I wrote down there? That I have a private time with God and be consistent at it. Okay. So it's true. We've got to make it a disciplined effort, focus, concentrated effort, if we're truly wanting to live out what God has called us to. The third thing is this. Strive for the goal with maximum effort. Maximum effort. I mean, it requires us to give all of our energy to God. That's what I want to challenge us to do, to live out that passion. You know, it's easy. It's very easy for our effort to wane over years. It's very easy for us to just kind of get apathetic. Well, you know, they'll take care of it down there. Oh, you know, I don't need to be involved with this. Yeah, you do. Put some effort. Strive it with all of your energy. You know, I was thinking of this as I was, you know, and I'm speaking to our church. You know, I know that here at Bellflower, 70s, 80s, probably were the glory years, right, when CMBI was here. There was a lot of good things happening. But you know what, brethren? The glory days are ahead. God has called us here in this assembly at this time, in this generation, to speak to these people. We need to be doing it. The glory days are ahead when we're with the Lord. We can't live in the past. We can't say this is the way it used to be and how great it was. Listen, let's make tomorrow the best it's ever been. That's getting a fresh start and going forward. We need to go forward with all of our energy as a church. Let's reignite that commitment we have to God and to one another and to the mission that God has called us to do. Let's not just think about, ah, it used to be this way in the past. Big deal. The past is gone. And that's what Paul is saying. He didn't count the victories he had in the past as anything. He says, I'm striving forward. So should we as individuals and as a church. Let's move forward with all of our energy. Well, let's end this. One last thing. And that is a final exhortation for a fresh start. Notice what Paul writes in verses 15 and 16. He says, all of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make it clear to you. Now let me just stop there. Paul is saying, look, if you are mature in Christ, If you are spiritually mature, then guess what? You need to be viewing life the way I'm viewing it. 
And that is with a single focus, moving forward, striving for what God has called you to do. In fact, if you are spiritually mature, you will realize that A, you're not there, and B, you need to get there. That's maturity. Ma what maturity isn't is thinking, I've been, I'm there, I've got it, I don't need to do anything more, I don't need, no. That is immaturity. Maturity is realizing, you know what, I've got a long way to go, and I'm going to strive for it. And Paul says that you need to have that, and then he goes on and says, but if you don't, guess what? God will reveal it to you. Now, how is God going to reveal that to you? Well, sometimes he reveals it to you through some trials, some sufferings, some heartaches, some pain. And he's going to show you, you know what? You're not there, and you need to strive for it. God loves his children, but he chastens them. And he's going to show you. I need to move forward. You need to move forward. Now, I, I'm just not a fan of punishment and pain, right? I mean, sometimes God allows it to happen in our lives even when we're doing good. I understand, but it's for our growth. But listen, I certainly don't want to set myself up for God's punishment. Amen. So we need to have this passion to move forward. But then here is the admonition. Only let us live up to what we've already attained. And this is that final admiration. Keep moving toward spiritual growth. Keep on that path that you've been going. Don't deviate. Keep moving forward. That takes some work. That takes some effort. That takes focus. But keep on the path. Keep moving forward. And that's my challenge for us. And then let's not get apathetic. We did a lot last year in 2010. Let's not sit back and think that's enough. Let's get a fresh start. Let's move forward with energy. Let's think about how we can reach others with the gospel. Let's think about how we can grow. Let's think of how our marriages can be better and our relationships within a church can be better. Let's strive for those things so that God will receive glory. That's my goal. That's my challenge. Let's keep moving forward. Let's not think about what we used to do in the past. Let's think about what we're going to do in the future. It's time for us, brethren, to make a difference in this community. While the day is here, we need to respond. So let my exhortation here from Paul, let's keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. Now, as I mentioned, and I'm going to take just a second to just a plug. This month, I want to talk about what it is to be a member of our church. Let's reignite that commitment to church. To one another. Obviously, it begins with our, uh, our commitment to God. But let's talk about uh, being committed to one another. Brethren, it, it shouldn't be that our Sunday morning attendance goes like this. We need to be here exhorting one another to love and good works. 
we'll talk more about this. It shouldn't be that only 20% do 80% of the work. All of us have a role to play. Let's get in and let's get slide up our arms and let's get to work. That's the mission that God's called us to do. Let's reignite that passion. Let's get a fresh start this year and let's move forward. And one of the things I I'm, I'm, I'm would encourage you to do and one of the things I would love for us to do is, is reinstitute our church covenant. At our fresh start table, I have the church covenant that we're going to vote on. I encourage you to get it and read it, and we'll vote on it in a couple weeks on a Sunday night. But that's just a covenant saying, as a member of this church, this is what I promise to do. And then let's do it together. Let's make a difference in this community for God. The church is the greatest organization. You know why? Because Christ started it, and it makes an eternal difference in lives every day. So let's move forward. Let's keep moving forward as individuals and as a church. You notice in your notes I had one less story, and I think it was really good. It says, at the foot of the Swiss Alps is a marker honoring a man who fell to his death, attempting his ascent. And the marker gives his name in this brief epitaph. He died climbing. He died climbing. You know, that should be said about each one of us. That when God takes us, he takes us as we are trying to move towards that upward calling that he's called us to. That we were moving forward, trying to be like him, to make a difference in this world for him, so that others would see his glory through our lives. That should be our prayer. That should be our goal. So let's begin 2009 with a fresh start, with that desire to go and move forward. You know, like I said, it's not about resolutions. You know, when we start saying, I'm going to make these resolutions, you know, it seems like these, these, these rules. Brethren, our hearts should desire to be like our Lord. And when that's our desire, you don't need the resolutions because you will want to, from your heart, live in a way that brings God out glory. Let's bow for prayer. Father, we thank you again for the blessings that you've given us in 2010. And I pray, Father, now that as a church family, you would help us to begin this year with a fresh start. May we truly strive to live for your glory. And may we truly together work for the kingdom like you've called us to. And I pray this morning for the one who may be here that needs a fresh start with you. Father, maybe they don't know you as Savior, and they need to come to you and realize that they're, they need to find forgiveness of sin. I pray, Father, that you would draw their hearts to you this morning. And I pray for your people here, your children, those who are called by you, who may be struggling with sin, that they would give that over to you today and really begin to live. Jesus said, I came to give you life and life more abundant. Lord, help us to realize that abundant life in living for you. So when we begin this year with a fresh start, striving to be who you've called us to be. And Father, it is our prayer 
that in this, that everything we do and everything we say brings you glory and honor. We thank you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand. Let's sing. I don't know what's on your heart this morning. Maybe you need a fresh start, and maybe it begins by you acknowledging, you know what, I'm a sinner. I need to get right with God. Listen, I would love to share with you how you can be right with God. He has sent his son to die for you so that you could be right with him. You come down here and talk with me while the song's playing. Or you can catch me at the Fresh Start table later on today. I will love to talk with you about how you can be right with God. Maybe, maybe you're a child of God. You're saved. And you know what? You need to make a commitment to God. Maybe that's getting rid of some sin in your life. Listen, the altar's open. Come down and pray. Maybe you just need to come down and say, God, help me this year to do the best that I can. Maybe you need to make a commitment of following the Lord in baptism and being a part of this assembly. I'm down here, or you could catch me at the Fresh Start table. We're going to have a baptism, we know already, on the fifth Sunday. We're going to try to make that just a great day of baptisms. So maybe you're here and you're not a member and you want to be a part. Listen, that would be a great opportunity. Listen, whatever your need is this year, be, start the year with a fresh start. Say, God, I'm giving this year to you. And I guarantee you, if you do that, God will richly bless your life as we sing.